Blog Talk Radio. I'm sorry. Can anybody hear me? I thought I was on. You know what? I got technical difficulty here. All right. I'm sorry. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. This is Marcia Fatterson. I'm your host. I'm having some technical difficulty with my um, computer. It's running very, very slow today. So please be patient with me on this. But I want to welcome everybody. We're in the month of September, September 22nd. This is the end of the month. We're... 2019 is flying by. For those of you who've uh, missed my show for a couple of weeks, we've been running a rerun, bringing in, just kind of refreshing your mind about our previous show, what we've done, and how we brought that information to make you more empowered with health information or options for you and your family. Tonight, I have a guest that's a returning guest. Her name is Crystal, Crystal Marshall, and she's with Define with a Purpose. Let me get Crystal on the air here. Let's see if I can. I am having, I don't know why my computer is just a spinning and a spinning, but we're going to get this going here, get her on here. Just bear with me. But uh, tonight, my guest and I are going to talk about back to school. You know, so many times parents, we're so busy um, buying the school clothes, buying the books, making sure they're all ready from the outside. But I want to take a look at some of the issues that's going with our children from an emotional standpoint in the inside. So let me see. I don't know why I'm having, I don't know if my, it's, it's been raining here in uh, Wisconsin. I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin visiting some families and taking care of some family business. And um, let me see here. I'm going to try this other computer and see if it. Okay. Uh, are you there, Marcia? Can you hear me? Uh, Crystal. Miss Crystal? Yes, I'm here. Okay, great. I'm sorry. I said can your last name, Marshall. Yes. Oh, I can I'm hear sorry. You. I heard Miss Marcia. I thought someone else was on. <laughs> No, Marshall is her last name. Marcia is my it first is. name. It is. And we both have a favorite friend, a good friend, and her name is Marcia. So, you know, we got this Marcia, Marcia, Marcia thing going on. So how are you doing, Crystal? Doing good. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. <laughs> doing it's a good. pleasure. I know it's last. I know your plate is full. You just had a new baby. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's a little thank boy. You, thank you. What is his name? 
His name is Judah. So he is almost, yes, he's seven weeks, almost two months old. So, yeah, he's getting big already. Can't believe it. (laughs) Great. Congratulations. Um, And I know you guys are going to be doing fashion shows and other things for your nonprofit. Explain to our listening audience, because we have run some reruns of your show previously, Mm. so people Mm -hmm. can have this in mind of what you're doing and the nonprofit you set up and the purpose for setting that up, because I truly yeah. believe what you've done is leading into where I'm going with back to school, um, wow. and trusting other people, even family people with our children, because so right. many times we're so busy, as I said, before we get the school clothes, we get the books, we get this mm-hmm. on the outside prepared for school, but it's a mental mm-hmm. capability and not knowing mm-hmm. what trauma or what events has unfolded in that child's life throughout the summer months or even in their right. home. So right. share with our listening audience a little bit about Define for Purpose and what you do and why you started it. Absolutely. So at our organization, Defined with Purpose, we work with children all the way up to young adults. So we usually start about the age of five all the way to mid to late 20s and really help them have an understanding of their worth and their value and purpose. With that, we um, also work with people that have been sexually abused. And so we're a mentoring uh, nonprofit organization. And so those that have been affected by, unfortunately, child molestation or rape or any kind of sexual traumas or even traumas in general, we help them as far as mentoring them. We also cover the cost of therapies and legal fees for those that are in an active case of um, kind of any kind of sexual abuse. So that's what we do as an organization. That is powerful because a lot of times you feel alone and you may not have the financial resources or the um, the resources as to where to go to get help psychologically, right. financially, or emotionally. You just be able to, and a lot of times we lose those kids. They just fall into a shell and we get them ready for school like nothing else has happened. And right. I'm looking at the news and looking at things, the people busy back to school, book bag, drive, school drive. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking about Chicago, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and most of the metropolitan cities where drive-by shootings and other stuff mm-hmm. are happening very frequently. Right. And even the trauma that children are experiencing in their own home. Um, mm-hmm. This morning, my granddaughter sent me um, an Instagram text uh, this morning of um, a parent. The child looked to be about seven months or six months old, mm-hmm. um, and a parent was trying make the child stand up, and the child kept buckling his legs, and the man is slapping mm-hmm. the kid upside the head. Now, oh, this wow. is just a toddler, and it's very vivid, very graphic, and I'm just in tears. I'm just, I told my daughter, my granddaughter, why did you send me that? I am losing my mind. I'm ready to, and I know violence don't get violence, but I'm ready to go kick this adult in the head because right. I really grieve children, as I told my daughter earlier. I can't imagine living in a home where you're so fearful of an adult snapping at you, hurting mm-hmm. you, mistreating mm-hmm. you, and you don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. You don't have the option of what to do or to turn to. Right. Who do you turn to? Right. So right. with that said, because a lot of times when someone has had some sexual trauma, we just mm-hmm. want a business like it's nothing. But that individual right. is still releasing that. And mm-hmm. tell us about the reliving part of that. And then we send them all to tell- 
Yeah, so one of the things that I definitely feel is so important to talk to parents about is for them to have an absolute understanding of the cycles of what sexual abuse looks like in a child and um, and even going into teenage years and adulthood. So if it's untreated, meaning that there's no one talking to them, there's no therapy, there's no one walking them through this, there's going to be cycles such as um, low self-esteem. And if low self-esteem is one of those things or you don't understand who you are or your own value, you're susceptible to make any kind of decisions for your life because there's nothing that is, you have no, no hope essentially. You know, you don't feel like there's anything else that you're, you can go for. So then that opens up a door for suicidal tendencies. That opens a door for like drugs and alcoholism and different things like that, even in young adults and children. So then as you continue to go forth, um, it also opens a door for being overly sexual. So then you're worried about children offending other children or whatever it may be because they feel as though that could possibly be a norm and because it heightens and opens up sexual tendencies from children, um, they don't know how to filter that or they don't have the mind control to figure out what does that look like or I can't act out always. So then it's just repeating a perpetual cycle of abuse, unfortunately. And then not to mention, you know, the the shame that's associated with any kind of abuse or traumas that people may experience. So if there's shame associated with it, we're opening the door for suicide and depression and anxiety and different things like that because they don't feel capable of living or they feel that they've just been so violated that there's no sense in continuing on. And it may not happen immediately. Sometimes we see in our clients that if, let's say, for instance, the trauma has come maybe a month previous, they feel as though they can handle it or that they're capable of dealing with it on their own when that's, in fact, just that portion of the process of, of the um, experience of what's happened. So just because you may feel like you're healed doesn't mean that you are. Just because you don't see the scars on the outside doesn't mean that there aren't scars on the inside that need to be healed emotionally. And so us as parents, sometimes we can just overlook the fact of like, oh, there's no there's no cut. She's not bleeding. So she's good. Or I've experienced that as a child, as a parent. So I know she's good, but they don't realize that not everybody is the exact same person. Everybody deals with traumas differently. And then as somebody that's dealing with the trauma, for instance, if a mother was sexually abused, her daughter was sexually abused, the mother may not see the cycle that she's living in. So she'll see it as a norm. So she doesn't want to get the help when there's so much more for her to live and so much more hope for the mother to even have because this situation wasn't taken care of. So now the daughter is in the same cycle as the mother had been. So there's so many different things and variables. So, yes, it's not just about the external. You want to make sure that your children as well are emotionally capable of being able to go to school to deal with education because it, even when walking, you're walking into a building, you're dealing with other issues that are going to come along. Right, right. And, you know, our kids are faced with so much trauma today that I can't even imagine. I can remember walking to school, you know, with my family, my friends, mm-hmm. and my sisters, and them, laughing and talking, just having that peace. But in certain areas mm-hmm. of Chicago and other parts of the city, that is mm-hmm. traumatizing itself. And I remember mm-hmm. some years back when Israel um, and uh, the Palestinians were busy fighting. They had all these bombs going back and forward, and they recognized that a lot of these children were suffering from PTSD and Mm -hmm. that this post-trauma was affecting these children, and they actually built Mm -hmm. a school 
in Israel for kids who are suffering from PTSD. And when I mm-hmm. heard that, I said, we need that in the inner cities of uh, mm-hmm. most of these inner cities. And even in some mm-hmm. suburban neighborhoods, because a lot of times mm-hmm. we assume that the crime, the sexual abuse, the alcohol and drugs goes by zip code. No. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times mm-hmm. it does not. And the, in those high-income neighborhoods, they can afford to stick their child into a rehab or a mental institution, whereas mm-hmm. families who don't have the insurance or have the financial resource, mm-hmm. the neighborhood reaps the problem of these individual families. The neighborhood mm-hmm. feels the consequences of the child being schizophrenic or this child being sexually abused mm-hmm. and now in turn go and sexually abuse another neighbor or hurt someone else. So mm-hmm. what do we my thing is, you know, we're so busy focusing on buying the books, getting that. I think what I would love to see is a neighborhood community coming together to heal the little broken heart of these babies who's not saying nothing, mm-hmm. who's wounded, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how to heal that. And mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. How do you find these children mm-hmm. to help, and, and how do people reach out to you if they suspect something with their children? Um, so I guess, how do you reach out to our organization? Um, I would definitely say to check our website or give us a call. Our website is www.definedwithpurpose.com, or you can always give us a call, and our phone number is 404-707-4434. And one of the things that I kind of feel like even just, kind of going back a little bit, uh, Marcia, to your question, or kind of like your thought process of like the communities coming together, you know, to help these children that have experienced these traumas. One thing that I feel as though the community community could really do is be transparent and vulnerable themselves. And um, one thing Mm -hmm. that we don't do well as adults is be transparent and vulnerable and open to our young people to be able to know that it's okay to speak out about this situation, you know, or be okay. I mean, women have an amazing intuition that God has put inside of us. So I think that when we're starting to feel something or see something that's wrong, we need to ask questions and not be afraid of the answer. You know, so like if we have a a question right in front of us, we have to be bold enough to ask and we have to be strong enough to fight. And a lot of times that doesn't happen because of our own experiences. So if our community could come together, whether it's sexual abuse, whether it's killing, whether whatever it may be, if we came together, we'd be a whole different place, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so. And then not only that, you know, someone's brother was shot, and so now they no longer have that brother there, and so the fear mm-hmm. of them being shot and families getting that uh, help for their child to mentally yeah. and emotionally to move on because they can mm-hmm. be stuck or become violent yes. and angry to the point they want revenge or to the point yes. they don't even care about their own lives. And so, Mm -hmm. and I think, too, you know, I remember, you know, just keeping our kids safe. And you hear so much on the news about the gymnast, uh, the gymnast coach. And all those years he was sexually abusing these young girls. No one said Mm -hmm. nothing. And I don't know if Mm -hmm. the parents' antenna didn't go up. And, you know, even with the Mm -hmm. high, I used to be Catholic. And I told Mm -hmm. my daughter, in my gut, in one of the rectories we used to be at um, in Wisconsin, I just had a gut feeling something wasn't right with a couple of mm-hmm. priests that I saw. It just right. wasn't right. So I pulled out. 
real quick. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm out of here. You know? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. same way when I became a uh, Girl Scout leader, when my oldest daughter wanted to be in Girl Scout, I called my Girl Scout leader, Miss Johnson, and I said, Miss Johnson, wh- whose troops should I put Martina in, my daughter in? She says, yours. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a Girl Scout, but who troops should I put her in? She said, yours. Miss Johnson mm-hmm. only had one daughter. And she volunteers with the Girl Scout of America for over 30-some years, monitoring and mm-hmm. keeping kids safe. And mm-hmm. she says, you do it. And I did it <laughs> because she instructed mm-hmm. me to. Mm-hmm. I did it. And I was able mm-hmm. to see that sometimes we we need to question who we handing our children over to. Mm-hmm. This is the most precious mm-hmm. commodity we have given. It's not our money. It's not our house. It's not our car. It's this gift from God that he has given to us. And we're caretakers mm-hmm. of these little lives. And, mm-hmm. and these little Absolutely. lives, if they nurture mentally, physically, and spiritually, they grow up to be great adults and great parents. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the enemy would sow those wounds for them to bring on wounds to other people and other generations to perpetuate mm-hmm. itself over and over and over again. So, right. Um, so um, help me here. Where is um, some of the families getting help um, if they don't? What about social services? Do they, in your state or any other state that you're aware of, is there assistance for these young people to get mental and emotional help when they have a trauma? So yes and no. Um, I say yes in the sense of, I mean, we there's so many community resources that are out there uh, for people to be able to get some kind of help um, from even, like, finding therapists that work with people that are going through suicide or that have tried to, to do um, or commit suicide. There's different places and avenues that there is help for mental illness or mental um, issues that are going on because of specific traumas. Um, and I say no on the other side because not everybody knows about these things. And if there is something there, it's very saturated as far as the amounts of clients that they have. So there's waiting lists. So um, I believe, again, that just like you said regarding the Girl Scout troops, if you have a burden on your heart and you're looking to figure something out, you start it. You know what I mean? Because there can never be enough help because this world, there's so much going on. <laughs> you know, yeah. so um, we have to be okay again. And I, and I'm big on making like doing self-reflections, like what can I do to help? You know? So like, that's why I say that. Like, I think that it's important for us to figure out the the resources and important for us as people and humanitarians and citizens, even to look and say, how can I help this problem instead of just continue to complain about it or just to continue to right. live under it? Now, so, even the um, system, yeah. I mean, the school system itself is supposed to have counselor. And I remember when I was mm-hmm. a kid in school, I don't remember mm-hmm. a school counselor, but I knew we had a school nurse that was stayed on staff at the school right. when we were in case break for self and whatever like mm-hmm. that. But I know now because of funding, these nurses bounce around and these counselors bounce around. Right. And we're seeing so many right. children. Um, mm-hmm. Child abuse. Uh, uh, you have mm-hmm. domestic violence in the home mm-hmm. where the kids are mm-hmm. traumatized and then they get up and have to go to mm-hmm. school and, and sit and focus on that mm-hmm. um, issue. They, their mm-hmm. mind is, they, can't, they can't focus because, you know, daddy was there, he was 
fighting mommy and, you know, mommy's hurt. And some little kids may be constantly worrying about their mom's situation or their dad's situation or their mm-hmm. own sibling situation. Because you have, I mean, I can't watch right. the evening news with hearing about so many parents turning on their children. And mm-hmm. one thing I want to be able to bring to the table is food and behavior. We're eating food mm. that has never, ever, ever been on the table. And studies have been showing mm-hmm. that this food has a profound effect on our decision, our behavior. And mm-hmm. as the ladies had a couple of weeks ago on autism, Alzheimer's, and they were saying, you know, we got the frontal temporal uh, dementia, which is happening to mm-hmm. young people in their 30s. They're having mm. this dementia problem in their 30s. Mm-hmm. So these kids are having these drama played out by their parents, not knowing their parents are sick. So we have mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. population of people who are sick, autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these kids, now do you find that a lot of these children are placed on medication? When um, they have these sexual trauma? Yes. Um, so it kind of depends on the the effect, the side effects of it, of the what the sexual trauma did to the kid. So um, sometimes they are placed on medication um, just to they feel as though to cope through maybe depression or kind of anxiety. So they will tend to go to some kind of medication. So it really depends on because I personally believe that a lot of the medication just deals with the with the surface. It deals with the effects of the root. It doesn't deal with the root. So I think the only way mm-hmm. to really deal with the root and deal with the situation is going to go and dig that up. You can't take a medication to deal with depression and think that that's going to heal your heart or heal the situation mm-hmm. that's going on or heal whatever's going on in the mind. So, yes, they are put on medication, just, but it really depends on the effect or the, how the trauma is, like, kind of showing itself. And, you know, um, I know sexual abuse, there's uh, physical abuse, there's verbal abuse, and then mm-hmm. also there's natural disaster. We've had a lot of flooding, the fires mm-hmm. in California. Families were Absolutely. desperately trying to get away from those uh, fires and riding through those fires with their children and their animals. Mm-hmm. That, too, has a profound effect on us, and we just... Mm-hmm. Kind of well, without the fire, we think it's over with, and it will have mm-hmm. a lasting impression on us. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. guess back to school concept, we need to look at our children. We look at the high schools and the middle schools where the shooting's going. I wouldn't want to send my kid to a school where all these children died in or was gunned down in. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, that is mm-hmm. just traumatic. Um, you know, because I know me, because I, I just can't stand seeing people gunning. These guns are very powerful. So they're witnessing mm-hmm. these bodies ripped apart and right. in a way that you can't even see. Well, I don't know if they see it on television now, but uh, I saw mm-hmm. some of the video games show some mm-hmm. very graphic details of um, these children being um, shooting and things like that. What else do you want us to know? Uh, like if we're setting our, what do we look for? If I'm looking for a daycare, a school, mm-hmm. I'm putting my child in basketball or some type of camp mm-hmm. program, how do I go about educating my child to speak up and to alert us about anything mm-hmm. and everything that's going around them? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I definitely can say that I think it's so important to let your children know that they have a voice when it comes to speaking to you regarding issues. So um, there are many times, even culturally, you might see it, that like if a kid says something, they aren't able to speak about it or they're not able to talk right then. So if your child ever comes up to you and says that they want to talk about something, take the time out. Let's pause our lives for a second to kind of see what's going on. Because sometimes if children want to tell you and they don't tell you at that moment because you're busy or whatever, they will keep it silent and then have to build up the courage all over again. And that could take even years. So um, I would definitely suggest to even just be open with your children now um, to talk to them before anything does happen. So definitely just be proactive and reactive. So build that relationship with your children. Um, Let them know and don't use code names for private areas. You know, like be um, (laughs) blunt with your children. You know, like you have to say what's what on your body because let's say, God forbid, something did happen and the child goes to say that, you know, someone touched my whatever it may be, whatever code name they use in the court, that can be shown as though it wasn't the actual thing. Yeah, yeah, we that, used to yeah. Say <laughs> yeah. So if you were yeah, in the we court and saying, <laughs> yeah, you can't say, oh, well, so and so touched my monkey. That doesn't work in the court because a good attorney can break through that and then this person goes free to be able to hurt other children. So just make sure that you're talking. Like, I mean, it's a scientific word. So it's not something that's, it's not a cuss word. You know, so right. those are the things that I think it's important for you to talk to your children about their body parts, what this is, what does that look like, um, what are you supposed to do if somebody does do that, if somebody says certain words to you. Like my poor daughter, she was confused with the word sex and um, like what, like sex. So she saw sex written on a paper and it scared her. And she's like, mommy, this says sex. And I was like, no, that's sex as far as gender. Because it was like a questionnaire that we're filling out. Wow. <laughs> and so I had to explain to her the difference between sex with a man and a woman or sex when it comes to gender. And like if you're male or female. Wow. And so I explained that to her. So like sometimes children may even see that and think that that's like, oh, my God, you know, that says sex. No, that's a difference. So just to be open and transparent and vulnerable, again, with your children helps to prepare them for the real world. Wow, wow. And now what about if children, because one thing I was doing, I was reading my Bible, and, you know, as I was reading my Bible, God tells us uh, sex is between a man and a woman. And, and mm-hmm. he said, one, you become one flesh. And these mm-hmm. children are being introduced to something that feels good, because I've heard some adults say, well, she enjoyed it because she didn't say anything. She felt good. Because it will right. feel good to some children, depending mm-hmm. on how the person um, coached their little child or did something, mm-hmm. and now they're going to feel mm-hmm. because you enjoyed it and you felt pleasure with it. Right. So something's right. wrong because you felt pleasure with it. Mm-hmm. But that's a normal reaction that the creator had put in. But it doesn't make it mm-hmm. right for this individual to steal that from you from it being an intimate mm-hmm. thing for who God designed for you to be with. How do right. kids deal? How do parents deal with that? Because now these kids may be mm-hmm. masturbating or doing other stuff mm-hmm. to fulfill mm-hmm. that pleasure again that they have been introduced to. Right. And how right. do you so, do that? You can't do 
Um, again, I am open. <laughs> and I don't know if that's always going to be the – that's going to work for every family. But I think it's so important, again, just like you said, to talk to these kids as though they can understand – so they can understand what's happening. So um, I think it's important for them to t- – for you to explain to – so your vagina has been made for this particular situation or your penis and da 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 and explain – what that is and that it it is supposed to react when it is touched in certain ways. So if let's say for instance, and I talk to our kids too about this, um, even when it comes to people that have been sexually abused from the same sex, they'll sometimes think, mm-hmm. well, because I enjoyed it, I'm gay now. And I tell them, I was like, your body will react, period, because your body has been made to react to sexual touches. So don't assume just because of an experience of trauma that you have had, that means that you are categorized in that thing, because that does not mean that. So explain to them that their body will react sexually if someone touches them or whatever it may be. However, don't associate shame with that either. So, yes, it may feel good, but know that there are, there's a time that it's supposed to feel that way with a specific person because not only is it a feeling, but there's also attachments that happen to that as well. That happens from the, the sexual point. So it's not just sex. There's so much more that comes with it, or it's not just touching. There's so much more that comes with it. So I think that to explain that to a child is important too, because just because, I mean, if we eat donuts all day, that's not good for us. It tastes good, but that doesn't right. mean it's good for us, right. you know. Right, right, right. And then, too, you know, there's a soul tie. Once you, you know, that you know, absolutely you sometimes soul gets confused with this individual soul, which is not a good mm-hmm. soul. And sometimes they have mm-hmm. soul ties with a good mate that's supposed to be their mate for life. And those soul right. ties can be corrupt or they can be blessed. So, you know, mm-hmm. and, and playing on cute and seeing Atlanta Human trafficking is really big in Atlanta. I think it's big pretty much mm-hmm. in the United States, but mm-hmm. um, you look at everything, just the one that just committed suicide, or they say committed suicide, I think yeah. something else. That's my right. personal opinion because he right. knew too much and too many prominent people entertained his circle. And so mm. these young girls and young men were participated in, in this lifestyle at a young age. And we got adults that mm-hmm. prey on children. They can be in Girl Scouts. They can be mm-hmm. in your church. Mm-hmm. They can be in your schools. They can be your coaches. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times these people put themselves in those arenas where mm-hmm. they are circle of children that are weak mm-hmm. and vulnerable. So we right. want parents, okay, school is starting. Do a good home job, your job in taking care of your children mentally as well as socially, and socially, making sure you're educating them about protecting themselves, even at a young age, mm-hmm. from daycare mm-hmm. on. Up. I think that mm-hmm. message has to be out there. And back in the 60s and the 70s, they used to say, um, beware of strangers. Don't go to strangers. Uh-huh. Don't talk to strangers. But hello, right. it wasn't the strangers. Mm-hmm. It was people you mm-hmm. actually knew. So we, mm-hmm. we're running from someone that can help us and run into the arms mm-hmm. of people who are destroying us. So, right. Yes. So, right. but, um let me get this. I am having trouble with my, you got to bear with me, my internet. I don't know why it keeps um, on my cell phone, I mean, on my uh, computer. It's just in and out, in and out, and just spinning like no crazy. Problem. But we want, I want to take a break here and give you a break, and we're going to come back and 
finished talking about, um, let me get this thing working. Uh, I don't know why my computer is acting crazy. All right, um, we will take a break as soon as I can get this thing on. You know, I think I have a, I know I have a virus on this computer, and it seems like mm-hmm. it's just going on its own, and I need to get that oh, taken wow. care of, like ASAP. So, um, bear with me for a moment. There we go. All right, we'll take so a
Back on the Diawa Network, I'm your host, Marsha Thaddison, and tonight I have Crystal Marshall on for Divine with a Purpose, a nonprofit that helps young women and men deal with sexual abuse. And the reason why I brought this uh, topic in is school start, and you hear about so many traumas that's happening to these kids today. Even at home, you know, kids are being killed by their parents, um, they're being physically and emotionally abused. And sometimes we just get so caught up in getting them dressed for school, buying the new clothes, buying the books, buying the um, the shoes, that we forget about taking care of the internal part of the child. Uh, you know, with the school shootings, uh, being bullied. These kids are—they're not very nice with each other at all today. So I just want to be able to bring that on board. So we as parents. As we and grandparents, as we send our children off to school, that we go with our eyes wide open to the school system itself, the people we're giving over our most precious commodity to is our children. It's giving them their our children, you know. And I'm not keen on letting kids spend a night. And so that's another thing. My oldest one didn't do that. I got a little lenient when I got the kids got older. Uh, my youngest two, I should have never did that. Um, my daughter read the book called Tiger Mom people keeping their kids close to them. And I think that is important as um, moms that we in family sometimes keep our children close to us till they're strong enough and mentally enough and emotionally enough to be able to be taught how to handle what's out there. And, I, you know, I'm not saying hover over them like a helicopter, but, you know, making sure we got them guided. Um, Martina, you, I have you on the mic. You have something you want to share with us? So what's what's your show about today? How kids going back to school? Back to school, keeping our kids yeah, keeping our kids safe. You know, we're so busy caught up in buying the books 
you know, the clothes, and but we don't prepare them mentally, emotionally, and even to be protective of what to look out for from the coach, from the teacher, from the counselor, even in the church. You know, you need to guide our kids from a spiritual standpoint and a physical standpoint on how to keep themselves together. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, well, you know, I totally agree with that. But then at, um, uh, I, I think that the parents, instead of just letting the kids go ahead and, and, and do those things outside of them. It's like, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm at the airport. Hold on, you guys. Okay, then put me on mute. Put us on mute because we can hear but, you know, and I guess my thing is, now, I'm looking here at the uh, PSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder in the psychiatric area. Uh, okay, uh, April, you're going to have to, oh, Crystal, you're going to have to leave. So before you leave, okay, my audience, uh, she, Crystal was very nice, very nice at the last minute to come on board to share this information, and we're going to go further and more into it. But what do you want to leave us with? Because I know you took out time from your church and your family to be on our show tonight. Leave us with something, Crystal, and your information and your fundraising so people want to support you. Okay. And, again, I am so sorry. I hate that I have to go. I wanted to stay on with you guys as long as I could. I'm grateful. I'm I'm grateful. (laughs) Thank you. So um, I think that the – thing that I would leave um, with everybody listening tonight is to be okay, be open with hearing what the Holy Spirit is trying to show you about your children. Because it says in the word that nothing takes uh, God's loved ones by surprise. If we just have to be open to hear what it's being said. Um, Unfortunately, I've experienced uh, sexual abuse. Uh, My daughter was sexually abused. And um, before I found out about her, I knew until I, I, I was being prepared. Not that I knew exactly what was going on, but I was being prepared to handle the trauma that was coming down the line um, spiritually. Wow. So I had to open myself to be able to receive what was going to come to me because had I not been at that place, I don't know how I would have really reacted or really responded not only to my daughter but the people that had unfortunately abused her so I say that Mm -hmm. so stay open but also stay open and vulnerable with your children as well so again this life is not about us and especially when you have children we're here to build them up to bring a legacy for their future to build them up so they can be better than what we are we don't want them to be lesser than we are or where we're at if they're where we're at (laughs) we're doing something wrong so we want to propel them to help them to Amen. be exactly who they're supposed to be. So be okay with being selfless as parents. And a lot of times I'm seeing in my industry that I work in regarding the sexual abuse, parents aren't selfless. We hear parents saying things like, oh, well, she seduced my boyfriend to do this to her, you know, at the age what? of six and seven and eight. So I say that because it's not about nothing in this world is about us. Even our, nothing is about us. So we have to live in a place to be able to receive what's coming, as well as to be able to be transparent, as well as to be okay with lifting up other people to be better than what we are. So I think that's what I right. believe. And that's one of those things I really always just want to kind of hit home with. So then you're not concerned about what's 
you know, like you're not concerned about like, well, what happens if, you know, I'm single after I, after they speak about the abuse or I'm scared to talk about this with my daughter because it's again, self, self-reflection, like I'm scared or I don't know, or I, 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 it's nothing's about I, it's all yeah. for the future. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. And then for the organization, if you're looking to, um, know more about Defined with Purpose. We're based in Atlanta in Lawrenceville. So if you want to know more about us, please go to our website. It's defined, D-E-F-I-N-E-D, withpurpose.com. Our phone number is 404-707-4434. And you can always email info at definedwithpurpose.com to get more information. We do have an awesome fundraiser fashion show coming up um, November the 15th at Mason Fine Art Gallery. And so it's a fashion show that's going to benefit the organization to help us cover costs of therapy, legal fees, just to help the organization to continue to run and go. So last year, I believe we raised right around $60,000. And so this year we're looking to double that. So we want to just go ahead and continue to move and go forth so we can really help our community because paying for therapy and legal fees is not cheap. (laughs) So we want to make sure that we can still give everybody everything that they need to be successful. So, yeah, that's that. Hey, well, Crystal, you. We, you and I are going to talk later about your baby because we you know, I got some more great information for a new mom. Yay. So um, <laughs> enjoy the baby. Did you try the new formula and stuff yet? You know what? I am actually going tomorrow to get that, and I need to do it. I'm so excited. I was talking to my husband about it. So I'm so grateful for all the information that you've given me regarding the information. And I said, I was like, okay, I need to take this in doses so I don't get overwhelmed. I felt like, you know, being a mom, you're like, man, I'm doing everything wrong. But it's okay because now now it's here, you know. They don't come in and They don't. (laughs) No. They don't. So, but thank but you again so much. I so appreciate you. You know, I love babies, and I love. I, I want our babies healthy, strong, and wise. Yes. And we have to oh, start that you. from the beginning. So, because they're the most mm-hmm. precious gift we have, and we want to value oh. that gift a little bit more. All right. Yes. So, so thank, thank you, you so much for taking time. So we're gonna take another thank break, you. and then we'll be back. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. All right, you guys, you know I'm still having trouble with this. Um, I'm going to, I have, you know what, I was in an Uber uh, car the other day, and the gentleman said to me, he said, you know, I have my own business, and I, um, I fix computers. And I said, you know what, lately my computer's been acting really weird. So, hello, I think I'm going to have to call this gentleman because this computer is acting really weird. I'm, it's just spinning, and I think I, I know I have a virus on here, so... Just bear with me, you guys, because um, hopefully they kick in in a minute. But um, I think this is important because, you know, we get so excited about school, as I said before. I think what I want our parents to do is to have that uh, antenna, that alarm going off or those antennas to go up and know when to go up to pay attention to our children, question the schools, question who um, – with our children, and if they have to have an overnight um, trip or um, basketball, whatever, volunteer and have someone in the room with their children if they're sleeping. We just can't keep handing our children over these people and thinking they're going to be fine. Like I said, we need to do this as moms and dads, not just for our girls, but for our boys. I can remember growing up in the 60s and the 70s, you know, we had to be on the porch by street light, and we couldn't be in people's house. Um, 
We couldn't be doing any of that. And now, you know, people used to let their boys run loose and they kept a tight range on the girls. No, we have to keep a tight range on every last one of our children because this, uh, the effect of trauma on children affects their learning. It is difficult for them uh, to build relationships. Depression is more likely with these young people having depression. And you see in the news so many times where so many kids are antidepressant the medication and they're sick. And kids are committing suicide at six, seven, eight. Hello, how do you know to commit suicide at that age? I don't even know I knew what the word meant, suicide at six and seven years old. Um, more likely to use drugs. PTSD go unrecognized, and we are just denying that this, in, this inner problem exists in our children. So we want to be able to know that our kids have PSD. You know, you have our men coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and they are traumatized from the war. And a lot of them are committing suicide per day. Um, back in 2007, I was watching CNN News. A father had went to Congress appealing help for his son because his son had committed suicide after doing a tour over in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I knew it was a spiritual thing. And I told, I called VA hospital to talk to a couple of chaplains, and a couple of chaplains, they agreed. You know, we have to keep our men and women, when they go to war, keep them up prayed spiritually and keep them protected because if someone is in Iraq and Afghanistan and they blow up their body, so that suicide spirit is on that person that blew their body up. And that spirit looks and goes and attaches itself to someone who's empty, unloved, or don't feel happy about themselves and attach themselves to them. And next thing you know, they're doing the same thing. And so the Bible tells us, you know, when you're empty, you need to fill up with the Spirit because I truly believe the Holy Spirit will keep you and protect you. But when you're empty, that allows any other kind of spirit to come in and dwell into your mind, your body, and your soul. And our children are facing such trauma. Like I said, it just really bothers me, bullying. Um, and it was also said that half of all mental health problems when, uh, being in childhood starts before the age of 14. From domestic violence, being male, mis, um, mis, being mistreated, um, from sexual abuse, from physical abuse, even from verbal abuse. You don't know how many times I've been out shopping. And I know these moms are probably tired. They're raising these kids by themselves, so they're frustrated. But, oh, my God, the words, the language, and how they talk to their children, it just amazes me. Verbal abuse is very powerful, and words, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Words are powerful, and there's an old saying that people used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's a lie. Words do hurt, and it penetrates through your soul and your heart, and sometimes children act out what they've been hearing over and over and over again, or they don't value their lives or think they are loved. So that's why we have so many young people um, committing suicide on drugs and alcohol. But we want to be able to tell parents that um, there's help for your children. Please look for avenues to be able to help your children to get help. And if you need help, because sometimes the parent, you're sick. And, you know, sick people affect other people to be sick. So if you realize some of these symptoms within yourself that 
You've been physically and emotionally abused, sexually abused, verbally abused. You've lived through some natural disasters. Look at all these floodings and hurricanes, um, the fires in California, a motorcycle accident or a car accident can put trauma into a family or individual, violence and crime in the community. So that can set up PSD, PTSD in our homes for our children and not knowing and people get withdrawal. And I think that's why you find so many adults and young people doing the video games. It's taking them away from reality. It's taking them from dealing with the pain, the hurt. So they expose that in another way. But one thing I'm learning from the PTSD, we have to re-experience the symptoms. Sometimes reenacting the trauma events so we can deal with it and stop running from it. Some people need to just face it head on and say, okay, I have to relive this and know that this is not my fault. This is not my problem. This is not who I am. And take ownership of the gifts and the beauty that God has put in you because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And to have you thinking you're ugly, you're not worthy of this, of the gifts that's inside of you. So I know it's easy said than done, but we want you to research and re- get help for your children. And be careful where you place your children, in daycares, in schools, in churches, in any football activity or sport activity. So guard our children and make sure they're safe. Another sign they said, um, bedwetting, you know, finding a child all of a sudden start bedwetting, act out scenario of what has happened to them. And Crystal talked about that. If they've been sexually abused and they had some sexual trauma and it felt good to them, now they're transferring that to some other children as they play in the family house. And I think, too, for moms and dads, um, you got cousins and neighbors over. Have the children in an open space where they can be monitored. Have the children not hiding in closets or under the bed or in the basement. Always have the kids an eyesight that they're being monitored and protected. So, and you tell your children, no, you're not to play in the closet with no one. You're not to play under the bed with anyone. If you go on a camping trip or if you go on an athletic trip, you're not to be doing this with someone. Um, even taking showers, take a shower by yourself, take a bath by yourself. And no one's touching you in your private part or in your um the parts of your body. So I think when we get excited about signing our kids up for these athletic sports or choirs or anything that they're traveling, we need to come with some safeguards for them to be aware of. And not only that, I think you need to have this conversation with the individual who is orchestrating and planning this thing. All right, you're planning to take our children camping or our children are going on this athletic trip for so many days, there needs to be an open meeting and open discussion that say, hey, here's a number for a designated parent or coach to say, if you're having any trauma and you feel afraid to tell, you'd be able to call and report this number. We bring everyone to the table in the open. I don't care if it's the coach, the teacher, you have protection. And make them understand they are protected. So I think that is very, very important. Avoid people and things that have done you trauma. So a lot of times you'll find that someone has been traumatized. They don't want to go over there no more. 
and they don't understand. Uh, you don't understand. Well, look, come on. You're gonna. I don't want to go by Joey's house. I don't want to go over there. But they never tell you why they don't want to go over there. So pay attention. And then moms, I truly believe when you've left your child with a babysitter and you come home, you need to have a conversation with that child or even have a, a camcord, a mini cam up so you can monitor what's happening in your home because what I'm learning uh, from talking to other people and young men, it was a babysitter, a female babysitter that had sexually traumatized some young boys. So we want you to question your kids before the babysitter comes, after the babysitter leaves. You cannot. And then, you know, understand that these people can't threaten you because, oh, you do this, your mama going to do this to me, or she's going to do this to your mama. No. Give your child the security that they know that they are protected by you and the law and that you can speak up and expose yourself the truth about what's going on, whether it be a babysitter, a counselor, a minister, family member, because this thing about beware of stranger, forget it. It's the strangers that's within our house that mean that spirit that is not for you. It's an ugly spirit. It's not a spirit of love and compassion. It's a spirit of destroying the next life. So flashback, you find kids start having flashback of the event, nightmares. Um, your kid all of a sudden screaming, having nightmares in their sleep and things like that. We want to find out what's going on and know uh, and take that seriously. And I know sometimes the single moms or even both parents working, you're tired and stressful. But like I said, the most precious commodity we have is our children. Now, they got the exposure therapy, um, expose one to the trauma they have experienced, help them to face the fears, help them to cope with their feelings. And they do this a lot of times, um, therapists may do this by using drawings, uh, artwork, um, role play. They may get dolls or um, um, play house and have them to work out the, uh, to play out the experience that had happened to them and let them know that it's not their fault and that they can visit that trauma, but that trauma is not them and it's not their fault. So a lot of times, you know, as uh, Crystal was saying, you got some parents that say, oh, she seduced my child, or the six-year-old seduced my boyfriend. Really? And then I have a big thing. This is me as a mom. In the book of Leviticus, the Bible says not to show your body to your children. So the husband should not, a child should not look on the husband's wife's nakedness. The children should not look on the father's, which is the wife's husband's nakedness. You're not to be walking through the house with your stuff hanging out. And I know every household thinks this is different or fine, but I truly believe it opens up your gate. If you've got an ear gate, eye gate, your mouth, your senses and touch, it will open that up. And that's where pornography comes in and other stuff where kids mind, the enemy plays on that. And I truly believe mothers need to cover up around their sons. Fathers need to cover up around their daughters. And you cover yourself until you, you don't just be walking through. And I know many families who do this, they walk naked through the house, household, and they think it's okay. All right, call me old school, call me what you want, but I don't think that's a right thing to do. I truly believe you need to cover yourself. 
and respect that child's body and respect your body because that body belongs to your husband and his body belongs to the wife and it not should be exposed to the children for them to see. I know sometimes you may have accidents where someone walks in the bathroom, don't close the door or whatever. But what I'm saying is this constant exposing yourself to your children, I truly believe, is open up the gate uh, to the enemy that we don't want in our children, okay? And then stealing um, hyper-aroused symptoms, based on another symptom of the PTSD, uh, feeling that someone's always being watched. Some of these kids feel like this person is watching them or luring around. They're afraid that someone's coming back for them. So we have to really uh, nurture that child and make them feel safe and comfortable in the environment that they're in. The gut feeling that they're always being threatened. You know, somebody can just threaten you with their eyes. They can give you a look that lets you know. I can remember when I was in um, a younger child, we was in school, you know, church, and we were not paying attention in church. We were playing and laughing, and Mama's in the choir saying, and she looked and gave us a look. We knew, we knew, without anything saying, we need to straighten up and stop. Sometimes people can come around the, a predator who sexually assaulted the child. We have no clue. They're giving those child a look or pulling on them, pinching on them, doing things that we're not aware of. So we need to be able to have our kids comfortable to share, Mama, I don't like the way Uncle Joe looking at me. I don't like the way he touched me. I don't want to sit in his lap. I don't want him touching me. And, Mom, stop letting your kids sit in everybody's lap. They should not sit in their people's lap, men, women, whatever. No. Protect the most precious commodity we have as our children. We send them off to school. Actually, I asked the National uh, Missing Children Association to be on. Because as kids start school, kids are walking by themselves. And you hear so many trauma stories of young kids running. That actually just this couple weeks, some young girl was coming home from school, and this guy tried to lure her into the car, pull her into the car, and she fought back. And teaching our kids, if you're walking home from school, walk home in groups. And being able to have a route. Um, I know some of these parents have cell phones for their children, and they have 360 apps on it you know, where they can monitor their children. It's scary that we have to come to this, that our kids cannot walk home safely with a free mind as a kid to enjoy life without worrying about someone trying to abduct them or hurt them. So I just want us to have these conversations. As school starts, we want our kids safe and take time to investigate the environment we're putting them in. Making one feel very tense, you know, coming around the children and making them feel tense um, where they're scared or don't say anything. Or um, I know parents sometimes we get so busy and we ask, what's wrong with you, boy? I don't know. I'm okay. I'm all right. Nothing. Nothing. Probe a little bit. Dig a little bit. Find out more about our child. And also examine your child's body. You know, if someone's been there or you've been there, examine your body. Come here, let me check you out, baby. Let me see, you know, you've been somewhere, check your body out. You know, look and see if your child's body parts, nothing's been stretched or pulled on or hurt or looking all all bruises on their body. So you just want to make sure our kids 
and I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm being overly protective, but I think we're in a time and season we need to be overprotective with this very thing of this very gift that God's given us, and that's our children. Avoid, um, kids want to, don't want to go into these events anymore. They, they don't want to go anymore, so they will stop. Avoid going near where the event took place. So all of a sudden, they went on a camping trip, and they don't want to go no more. At first, they were excited, but now they come back, they don't want to go. They don't want to go to Aunt Joe's house, or they don't want to go there anymore. So pay attention. And I know a lot of times if you're looking for a babysitter, you're just trying to get somebody. No, it ain't just somebody to watch your kids. You need to be careful of who you allow over your kids' body and over their situation. Avoid situations that brings back the memories of the event. So kids won't go, as I said before. Avoid sights and sounds, smells. People who remain with them aren't uh, associated with the event. Um, so sometimes it can be the smell. You know, somebody may have used um, some type of special cologne, and the smell of that cologne, or if they stunk, that reeking smell, when they smell that person, it just triggers those memories back. So we want um, parents to know there's so many other factors that can cause our kids um, trauma. And we wonder why all of a sudden they can't focus, they can't, they're not answering us, they're not focusing. All of a sudden they want to experiment with drugs, alcohol. Let's take a look at that. They said about 15 to 14, 15 year olds, um, 40, 40, well, hold on, can I say this? 15-year-olds, 43% of girls, and 14-year-olds, 43% of boys, have experienced at least one trauma event. So 15-year-olds is 43% of girls, 14-year-olds is 43% of boys have experienced at least one trauma event. And of those who have experienced these trauma events, you know, 3%, uh, mostly girls, girls find themselves in, in um, maybe because it's a sexual thing and uh, men and women or other children um, messing with them, I tell you, we need to be safe and keep our children safe. Let me see if I can get this, okay? I'm definitely going to have to get this thing taken care of. Let's see if we can get this computer working again. I do apologize, but um, if anyone has any questions or concerns that they would like to share, just give us a call on the show, and the number is 646-668-2574, and you can share with us if your event that you had or a family member had, and how did you get through it? Um, a lot of time is us sharing with other people how we were able to get through it. And, you know, we are our brother's keeper, learning how to share the trauma, the healing, the journey that got us to a healing point of forgiving. And that's another thing. Um, there's a book I have called Feeling, Spirit Alive, Never Die. The feelings, uh, emotional trauma that's coming on, it has a profound effect not just in our lives, but the lives of our children, if we don't deal with those emotional trauma and come to the point of loving ourselves and forgiving the other person. And I know that's very hard because it's not your fault. If you've done nothing wrong, and a lot of times we take the guilt and the shame and the humiliation with us, 
and not knowing that it's bottled up in us and it's affecting our relationships, our, our commitment with other people, and even to love ourselves and have others love us. So I think we really need to uh, make sure we have that in our spirit to forgive. All right. We're trying to get the music going here. I think I know I got to call this guy on Monday about my phone. So, all right, let's see here. All right, I do apologize. Let's see what else I have to talk about. We talked about sexual abuse in the schools, church, family, and in the community. Uh, suicide. But one thing I think is important is rewiring the brain. The brain can rewire itself to healing, and that's why I said forgiveness, coming to reality, dealing with the issue, learning to not run from it, but look at it and say, you know what, this is not my fault. I am, I'm not the victim. I'm no longer going to be a Oh, oh, oh. 
and yelling and screaming so much that they're they are too scared to say when something has happened because they're going to be met with the wrath of the of the cussing and the fussing. And so it's just it's pretty sad. But um, I just noticed that that's what we do, and I don't like it. And I think we need to really work on that. And and it's the people that you encounter because there are a lot of great parents out there. That's African Americans oh, who are really nurturing, nurturing their absolutely. children, and they have absolutely. great relationships. We've have also witnessed that where parents have yes. nurtured their children to a point where they're financially, emotionally, and spiritually stable, and they have yes. that network of family support that's guiding each of them from aunts, uncles, cousins. I, we've seen that too, so I just want to put mm-hmm. that out there that we Absolutely. have been but but on the Absolutely. general basis out there, yes, the, the, I do hear that a lot myself too, and yes. that really grieves my spirit. Um, that we and and it may be happening to other car, uh, communities and in other homes, but because of we being African American and we live in a community, this is what we're exposed to and how we see it, but. To understand, there are great parents out there, and you have seen testimonies of kids and athletes who come forward to say, "My mom, my dad, my grandma—they were the pillar of my life. They helped me. They got me through this. You know, they—they they were my rock. They were—I I can depend on them." And and I think that's great. But I truly believe that we need to be more of a safe, a gatekeeper to our children's mind, body, and soul, and where we place them to be under someone else's care. So that means you scrutinize them with a microfine glass and make sure my kids are safe and in a good environment. Now, back to this article in Yahoo News, and this was, I taught school in Douglas County. as a long-term sub, and that traumatized me to see police officers in the school pulling these little kids out of kindergarten because they're having a meltdown. These children used to being at home with their mommies and their daddies. Then all of a sudden, we just throw them in this space, and they're being pulled out by the police. And one child had a melt. She's six-year-old had a meltdown, and they arrested these kids. They tried to arrest them. The eight-year-old, um, the, the police officer on the investigation, who's arresting a six and eight-year-old because they're having a tantrum tantrum? Can you talk to a six and eight-year-old? They do. Why are you crying? Mommy's gonna be here. Oh, you know. Where is our psychology and our majors, uh, who people who measure? You, you took psychology. The little girl kicked somebody. And again, the little girl where is the, the psychology? Yes. And, and she going to get arrested? You know, back in the days when I was in school, you know how many kids had fights and we were friends the next day? The police wasn't called. You sat and talked it out with the teacher or the friend, and next thing you know, you're playing together. Really? Come on. That is traumatizing our kids. And that's why I really, really, really don't like um, when I was thinking about teaching in Milwaukee and they had me at one of the schools I'm not going to mention here. And I visited the school and they had gates going down each each uh, staircase. If you go up the first floor, second floor, they had gates going across there. Then they had the kids had to line up and they would line up, students. And then they had the gates where they closed. I'm like, wait a minute. We're preparing these kids for prison. Why can't they just walk to the classroom normally instead of being in line? And why do these gates are here? That's a prison mindset. I totally, totally disagree with that. 
I would not put my child in schools that is geared up like that. And people need to look at the food that we're feeding our kids because that's in anybody that's listened to my previous shows. We have 52 genetically modified sugars out here, and sugar is the next crack cocaine. We got parents who are addicted to sugar. Sugar can cause you addicted to alcohol and carbs. All these foods affect our behavior, and we got to know how to eat healthy foods, vegetables, fruits that affect our brain, the frontal lobe, and we can get our kids back, we can get our community back if we start eating healthy foods. My program on food and behavior, I'm telling you, it's real. I can see a child's eating habit and the parent's eating habit and watch their behavior. It would not be surprising. I truly believe in those police officer black book when they're writing the report down should be a questionnaire. What did you have for lunch? What did you eat for breakfast? What did you eat? And then you can look at their diet and tell you, it'll tell you how their behavior is going to be. I'm convinced of it completely. Studies have been shown throughout the world, in Australia, United States, when they take kids in correctional facilities and give them organic, natural, whole food, these kids are calm academically. They excel. You feed them this junk. The public schools feed them junk and garbage. And they want them to behave. They feed it to the guys in the prison system. One, uh, my grand, uh, you know, someone that works in the prison system said that he get he don't even take his food. He used to eat in the prison system because he's a cook. He said he don't eat in prison food no more. He said the meat would come and says not fit for human consumption. And they're cooking this for the guys in prison. Genetic modified food is being fed to those guys in prison. So the cycle of crime and everything is going around and around because food affects your behavior. And it's been documented. It's been known for years. Barbara Reed Setter, who's written the book Food and Behavior, who was a probation officer in Cleveland, Ohio in the 80s and the 90s, when she got a hold of a book called Sugar in the Criminal Mindset, changed her diet, convinced a judge and a prosecuting attorney to allow men and women who was on probation with her on a volunteer basis to try to change their diet. These people changed their diet. 89% of them did not get back in trouble with the law or the system. We have to do better in feeding our kids, putting them in an environment where they're healthy. And if the mother's not healthy, they're just going to feed the kids what they eat, and it's garbage all this processed food. I can go to the grocery stores. I'm looking at people shopping with their food stamps. The cereals, the let go my ego, please let it go because it's not healthy. All these other foods that are really not healthy for you. And I'm showing people through yesterday's Kitchen for Today, my business, we're redoing the website, uh, setting up for more home parties and bringing this food people that we can get our kids back. And it starts when before they're in the womb, after they're out of the womb, and when they uh, start school. So we want to be able to show parents the food that you feed your children and yourself affects your frontal lobe of your brain, which is your decision, your, uh, your feelings, and your emotions, and we're eating wrong food. So I want us to go back to eating the healthy foods and knowing how that looks like, how it's done, so we can have a healthy community, healthy families, 
And smart kids, our kids are smart, very talented, they're smart. And it's our job to nourish those children's gifts and talent. So because the words we speak inside the womb, outside the womb, has a profound effect on the next generation. And I think what really bothers me when um, I had my guest on last week um, from Kelton County in Georgia on autism, I mean Alzheimer's, that the frontal temporal lobe of dementia is happening to young people in their 30s. So now in your 30s, you don't have your right mind. Now we have kids diagnosed with autism at an early age. They're not in their right mind. Now we got the old generation that's not in their right mind. I always tell people, we don't have to worry about somebody coming in and taking a miracle. We're sick. Our men in the military are sick. Uh, PTSD. Our children got PTSD. The families have PTSD. We are sick of miracles because of what we eat and the environment we're putting our children in. So we have to change and go back to eating from God's table and leave man's table alone. Psalm 23, I go to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. We're eating the wrong food that has a profound effect on our health and our mental state of being. Um, I did a presentation for some police officers, uh, lieutenants and captains, and I said, look, you guys got a dirty little secret you guys don't want no one to know, and that is you can't remember one report from another. I truly believe what's happening in the black community with the officer is not that they hate us or we hate them. They're sick. They don't take their food. They eat from those poor communities, drive-by, drive-through. Many people are on medication. Medication has a profound effect on your behavior and your attitude and your mood. If you're sick, high blood pressure, antidepressant medication, back pain, medication, all this stuff has a profound effect that it clogs, clogs up your thinking and your emotions. So if we clean up our body and clean up our soul, we can function and be at peace with one another. Many of us don't drink water, and I talked about the water, how important water is to our body. And the first thing most people drink in the morning is soda, coffee, juice, or alcohol. Water should be your first breakfast in the morning because your brain sits in salt water. We need to feed our brain so we can be at peace. I think in Mark, the Bible says, uh, have a little salt in you that you may have peace with your brother. Your brain sits in salt water. Your brain needs the salt in the water. And if you go to the hospital, the first thing they hook you up to is saline, salt water. Replenish what our body needs, the minerals. We need minerals because when the creator created us, he created us from the earth, and the earth had minerals. And as Dr. Sabi says, we need 102 minerals per day. We're not getting that because it's not running to the banks and the rivers and creeks. Our water is being housed in a water filtration plant. Our food been depleted of minerals. So it's our job to put these minerals back in our body and the bodies of our children and to feed our children food that's going to help them to be academically smart, calm, and healthy. And that's our responsibility as moms and dads. And a lot of times we don't know. As I said before, I'm currently working on my website, Yesterday's Kitchen for the Day, where Yesterday's Kitchen for the Day is going to be bringing in moms and dads who want a job, teaching and educating people on how this food is can be our medicine, how we can get our children back, how we can get our home back with food. Food is designed to be your medicine. 
So I'll keep you posted. We're going to have a landing uh, and then about the website because I am so convinced with this. I've been on this journey for 12 years, and I can tell you by looking at someone's diet, their attitude, what it's going to be like. It's, it's just as plain as day. You can see it, and you can see it playing out. And sugar and candy and why you think they have all of that lined up in the grocery store as you check out all this chocolate and candy. And I was guilty as anyone, any of you buying Mr. Goodbar. I was loving them chocolate-covered peanuts. Oh, my goodness. But I learned. I said, oh, no, I got to let this go. I can't do this. I had to let it go. And learning how. And I met a gentleman, uh, Bernard, my camera guy, and I a couple years ago was out in Atlanta filming families and introducing myself with the business to say, tell us about your diet. How is it affecting you? Met this young guy named Victor, very nice-looking young man. He said he used to weigh over 350 pounds, and the first thing he cut out of his diet was sugar. And he said when he cut the sugar out, the anger and the attitude left. Then he cut the bread out. The weight dropped drastically. And if anyone listened to Dr. Carter, Lester L. Carter, he'll be back on, talk about the Mediterranean diet. Take a look at the Mediterranean diet. That's an easy, simple diet to to follow and try implementing that. And getting fruits and vegetables, food that is alive, that can generate our mind and our bodies and soul to be healthy. Brenda Cobbs, one of the young ladies, Living Food Institute out of Atlanta, had ovarian cancer and uh, breast cancer, stage three and one, stage four and the other, 25 years ago. She said she didn't know nothing but the juice, and she started juicing, and she got her body back. Tony Stephan, True Hope Vitamins, a Mormon out of Canada, 10 children, one of his child was bipolar, one was manic depression, and one was schizophrenic. Ten children, three out of ten. His wife committed suicide from being bipolar. The father-in-law committed suicide from being bipolar. Tony came up with an all-natural vitamin supplement that feeds the brain the healthy food. He now has his family back who's involved with the business. And you have psychiatrists and a therapist that are now prescribing the true hope vitamin and people who have been on uh, mental uh, medication and psychiatric medication for years are slowly being weaned off by their doctor and taking this vitamin. Not everyone's going to be able to eat right or keep up with that regimen, but there's a vitamin and a nutrient that feeds the brain. And I truly believe so many people are sick. We have an issue with um, a mom, a couple of dad, a couple of years, no, was it this year or last year in Atlanta? The kid ate the cheesecake. One of the babies ate the dad's cheesecake, and the father was so angry that he punched the child in his chest, and the child died. Cheesecake. You had a grandmother that scolded the child and beat her because she ate her birthday cake, a slice of the birthday cake. Sugar is the next crack cocaine. We're seeing the epidemic with opium drugs. We got to get our kids back, and that's feeding them. It's the medication. You know, medication has its place. I have no problem with that, but I truly believe nutrition has the best place on our plate for our mind and our body. So I want us to be able to know what that looks like, how it's done. And as we get closer to bringing the website on, because yesterday's kitchen for today, we're going to start off doing 
um, canning parties, showing the next generation how to can, fermenting. I love fermenting. Fermenting is one of ways of getting probiotics into your gut. Then we have the grain party, teaching us how to meal, do whole wheat, whole grain, how to prepare those grains and eat those healthy grains by home parties. So if you're interested in being a part of Yesterday's Kitchen from the ground, building this business on Yesterday's Kitchen for the Day, teaching the next generation, reminding the old ones on how to prepare healthy food, the equipment and the, um, the products we have are top of the line from milling fresh wheat, making homemade butter, fermenting food, and not only that, when you become a consultant or host a party, becoming a consultant, you can earn money, a percentage of the sales uh, from hosting a party, but you're being educated about the food. And you can always grow the business because you can, if you just like canning and teaching people on canning, that can be your business. You can uh, take your business to another level and learn how to ferment and showing family how to ferment, have the catalog to go out and show them how to do fermenting parties. Uh, grain, grain of wheat, showing them how to mill fresh wheat into flour, the benefit of healthy wheat. Dairy, how to make yogurt, how to make um, butter. You know, you have so many moms that have WIC programs. That's part of the WIC. They get free milk. And a lot of times they're not drinking that milk. Or they can't drink it up fast enough or they're wasting it. How about making yogurt with that milk or ice cream? So we want to be able to show them what to do and how to stretch these meals. Um, and then we have the labor of love class, which is my favorite class. I, my guest, Crystal Marshall, the baby's seven weeks old, and I'm sharing with her, okay, Crystal, this is the milk. If you're not breastfeeding, this is what we need to feed the baby. We want him to have probiotics. We want him to have cow liver oil. And here is the health benefit of what this does for our baby. So we want to feed our babies the food that's going to generate them to be smart, calm, and academically off the chart. So I know we can have smart babies. They are smart, and we have to feed them food that's going to generate their brains to think and be smart. Also, there's no way, no way someone gave you a Lamborghini, you're going to pull up to a gas station and put regular gas in there. No, no, no. That's not happening. So what we need to know is that these babies are our Lamborghinis, and we have to feed them the best of the best. And we got, a lot of us don't even know what that looks like. So this is what we're here for, to show you what it looks like and how it can help us benefit our children in such a healthy, powerful way. So stay with us and um,
You're back on the D Hour Network. This is Martha Patterson. I'm your host. I just want to thank you for being with me tonight. Uh, Crystal uh, Marshall was on on Define Define with a Purpose, a nonprofit on education on sexual abuse. They provide uh, counseling and legal help for those who are going through that. So please take time to look at their website. Also, you know. Um, as a mom and a grandma, I'm really, really, you know, just have my gates up, my doors up of protection for our children. When we see so much happening to these little ones, I mean, I just can't imagine, you know, slapping around a baby and something like that, and they're not able to defend themselves. And the person that's doing it is the one that's supposed to care and nurture them. So my heart goes out to those, but um. I know there is a judgment for those, for those, and I pray for help for the parents as well as for the children. But I just want to remind our listening audience, for your health, our show is to bring information and knowledge that can empower you and your family to better health mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And, you know, um, my website will be up soon. I'll keep you posted. I'm really excited about this, a little nervous. Um, because I've been on this journey for 12 years to educate families about food and its profound effect on our emotional and our health. And that if we go back to eating the healthy food and knowing how to prepare those foods, we can have a much more healthier life in both mind and body. So I want you to um, be giving you more update about yesterday's kitchen for today. I do have a Facebook page. You can check me out on my Facebook page. I have great information on my Facebook page about our previous blog talk radio shows, information about food, gardening, healthy food, anything about health that's going to empower us. If I have it, I'm sharing it, and it's out there. Also, you can find me on the um, Facebook page under my name, Marsha Fatterson. And the website um, to the business is Yesterday's Kitchen for Today. That's www.yesterday's, with an S, kitchen, the number four, today.com. And we're going to be looking to bring people on as consultants. So if you're looking for a job, you like cooking, want to eat healthy, please come on. Uh, once we get everything together on the website, we'll have the package 
cost to become a consultant, which will not run no more than maybe hundred dollars to one fifty, um, to become a consultant and get thirty to forty percent of the sales of hosting parties in your home, family members, things like that, to educate them about food and how food is DR medicine. Um, I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now doing the show. Uh, I'm originally from Atlanta. That's where I live in Atlanta, but Wisconsin is home here to take care of my mom's property. Um, she passed away in 2013, so we're going to be doing some renovation and stuff. But got a chance to see some old friends, and they're sick. And he said to me, um, could we just sit on the porch laughing and talking all the time, all my old friends, and he's on oxygen and one on a cane, and we're all the same age. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I really need to educate our families and our friends on healthy eating. And my friend Leroy said to me, he said, I need to know how to eat. Show me how to eat. So I'm really going to take time out with him to show him what I've learned and the journey that I've learned about eating and being healthy. Um, He's a smoker. He has um, COPD from smoking. And I shared with him my cousin. I'm going to see if I can get my cousin on the show. Her name is Tammy. And she was diagnosed back in 2008 with uh, lung cancer. I'm not big a person. Tammy's kind of short. Um, when she was sent home in the ambulance in the hospital, from the hospital, she weighed 48 pounds. She had a trick in her neck. And she had all these uh, IVs and stuff hooked up to her. The doctor had given her 30 to 60 days to live. And that was in 2008. And um, she, one young guy she knows, that's the cannabis oil business, was just booming in um, Seattle, Washington. And he gave her some brownies with cannabis oil. And, you know, if you got cancer, eating something that's sweet, they tell you it's a no-no because cancer grows from sugar. That helps feed cancer is sugar. But this brownie was full of cannabis oil, and she's sucking on this because she was too weak to chew, so she just sucked on it. And Tammy got well enough to go into their uh, her friend's family uh, cannabis oil shop, and the family says, look, anyone is sick or have any issues with their health, we don't charge them. They can have it free. And that was back in 2008. I don't know how they work it now. But she was able to get some free from them and start using the cannabis oil and the cancer in the lungs went away and years later I think about 2012 2013 she started smoking again and she got cancer on the tongue she said okay that's it I'm done and she went back to the cannabis oil and She's alive, and they don't have the cancer on the tongue no more. So I was sharing this with a friend of mine who has this problem with his lungs and stuff, um, trying this. You know, I'm no doctor, but all I know is when people share their journey, what helps them? Hey, why don't we try this? A lot of times you go to the doctor, he writes you a prescription that don't work, he gives you another prescription. I'm just telling this natural ways, and people have learned to set themselves free. I bring that information to everyday people so we can have options as to how to care for ourselves and our loved ones, both in mind and body, and so we have a good health and have a good mind. Because I truly believe what goes in the gut feeds the brain. So if you're feeding the gut good stuff, the good probiotics, the healthy food, the brain will receive it. So I'm, it's important for me with yesterday's Kitchen for Today 
to bring people on to uh, be a part of this journey of starting this business. I would love to see yesterday's kitchen for the day in every part of the country, all over the world, where if you're in Nigeria or uh, um, Honduras, wherever you may be, whatever country you're from, Mexico, whatever, that you eat from the land of your country and knowing people how to go back to the traditional food, what that looks like, how to prepare it, because we have been so trained to eat out of boxes, processed food, animals that have been injected with hormones and shots and other stuff, and that's not the way to go. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I go to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. So he's feeding us. Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden because of what we ate. We now need to clean our body up, and our body, once that's clean, our brain will be clean. So part of yesterday's kitchen for today is to bring that information, teach it, and have people earn an income from it. So if you're interested in um, learning to be a part of this business and this journey to better health from house to house, family to family, friend to friend, Neighbor to neighbor, join us. Um, please give me a call. You can always give me a call on my phone at 770-732-6124. You can go on my website and send us an email at www.yesterdays, with an S, kitchen, the number four, today.com. Also, you can go to my Facebook page, which is yesterdays, kitchen, the number four, today.com. I'm sorry, saying it like I'm doing the uh, website. But yesterday's kitchen for today, and that's a number four, and yesterday is with an F. So it's yesterday's kitchen, the number four today. And that's my Facebook page. And be able to, you can message me and say, hey, I'm interested in this business. I, too, want to be able to share the message on being healthy and what it looks like. We have catalogs for each of the group, and we're going to grow. I want to see this grow to the point where, People are making money, but yet you are helping others to know how to cook. We learn from our moms and our dads. You know, how many times you moved away and you call mama, how do you make this recipe? How do you cook this? But now we have to retrain the next generation on what that looks like because so many of this next previous, the millennium, they eat out of packaged food, fast food, and we want to be able to take them to a better way of eating so their lives are much better and their health is much better. You know, I'm hearing about young people being on blood pressure medication at age 12. Come on. No, 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 no. That's not it. And the more you're on blood pressure medication, the more you will be set up for being on dialysis. So we want to be able to teach and train and teach the next generation on how food is to be our medicine and what that looks like. So I pray um, the show has been beneficial. Any feedback, because I've been doing this for a while, and a lot of times if you're out there just speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and nobody's giving you feedback to say, yes, Marsha, this is some powerful information. Yes, this is helping me. Please let us know um, by messaging us. I gave you my website. I gave you my Facebook page, which is Yesterday's Kitchen for Today. Want to know what we're doing is being helpful. So Take time to just let us know, you know, um, giving and giving and giving and not receiving something, even a comment. If it gets exhausting or should I shut it down, should I not do it anymore, what should I do? Uh, I need to know, hey, we like this. We want to hear some more about this and bring us other information that we can share with them.
Black. 